Hey, what's up guys? It's Matt from Max's team and we're going to read off a few of last week's comments before we start off this show. Um, so if you guys want to have this uh, as a weekly thing, be sure to drop a comment and then we'll continue to do this as a preview to each show. So we're going to start off with one from Matt Reeves. Did I somehow miss Max getting a deal with Adidas? Um, no, we do not have a deal with Adidas yet. Um, we would honestly all love that though. So if anyone works at Adidas, please hit us up. That would be amazing. Moving on to one from Remy Girls Inc. I enjoyed the show. Thank you for showing me the way. My way is to show my daughter the way to earn income outside of her degree, to teach my family about wealth, creation, and building. That's a great comment. That's what we'd like to see you guys sharing the wealth and sharing the knowledge that we give out every week and every day. Don't forget to follow Max on Instagram at The Real Maxwell. And don't forget to subscribe or add this podcast to your favorite podcast app. We're available wherever you can listen. All right, enough with the comments. Let's get on to the show. What's up, everybody? It's Max Maxwell, and welcome to another podcast. We kind of dubbed this. We changed up a little bit. It's now the Max Maxwell Podcast, and I'm glad you guys are still here with me. And today, I have somebody special with me. I know I say it all the time, but I really have somebody special with me. Today is like, you know, I'm just going to say it. My guy, Burton, from Popstream. Yo, what's going what's on, up, man? man? How are you doing, man? Thanks for finally having me here, man. I really he, appreciate it. He brought me a dope shirt. So <laughs> you see, it's the uh, I love data, I love data, however you want to say it. And it's true, man, because I think in the beginning of my career in real estate, data is what really separated me from anybody else, right? It's what allowed me to get one, two, three deals a month was that I just focused on small very micro data and was able to figure out things at the courthouse. Right. And it really separated me from, you know, a lot of people that were going after the the big data, like, like you know, the foreclosure list and all that type of stuff. Yeah. But before we get into this whole data thing, man, let, let's talk about you. Um, first of all, I appreciate you coming all the way out here from SoCal. Don't worry about it, man. Anytime. I actually, it's my first time being here. Uh, never been in North Carolina. First time actually eating a McDonald's in North Carolina as well. There you go. Uh, spoiler alert tastes the same everywhere. Uh, so nothing changes there. But no, I really appreciate you having me here uh, to you know, kind of explain a little bit of what, what we do and what PropStream is about. So I really thank you for that, man. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I think uh, here's what's cool. Before we get into like the whole data thing, I want to learn a little bit more about you, right? Because yeah. it's like, that's what people want to know. Like people probably talk to you a lot when they're calling up, when they're when they go on the maxpropertydata.com and they're they're using the discount code and going to go sign up for PropStream. They're, they're talking to you probably and yes. you and your support staff and your support team. Tell me about you. When you first when I first met you, like I'm, I we've talked online all the time. We yeah. talk on the phone, we text. But it's like my first time physically meeting you. And I'm like, 
I was like, what are you like Puerto Rican? Are you like Peruvian? <laughs> are you from El Salvador? Like, so where are you from? I'm actually Filipino. So I was born in the Philippines, but at the age of two, I moved to the States, California, and I've been there all my life. I have dual citizenship, so go you'll see me. Forth. Yeah, exactly. Every five years I try to go visit family over there. But uh, this is my home now. So I'm I'm born and bred now. I would say my parents wanted to have me live that American dream, and here I am today. So that's awesome, man. And so Let's talk about like, how did you get started in the data world? Like, did you were like, was your first jobs working in the data world or what were you working at? No, actually, my first jobs were fast food. So I started at Wiener Snitchels and that didn't Wiener really, Snitchels. Yeah. And that no, really have that I, it's a it's a hot dog place. Uh, but yeah, they sell all sorts of hot dogs. But no, I didn't like it. Fast food was not my thing. Uh, then I jumped into the financial industry, started working with Wells Fargo as a personal banker. Uh, so this was my first time of getting exposed to the financial world. Mm -hmm. um, we closed HELOCs, home equity lines of credits, uh, mortgages, auto loans over the phone. Um, this is right before the uh, the meltdown, right, yeah. 2008. Uh, so I was indirectly exposed to real estate because my folks went through a foreclosure process. And so they ended up short selling the house to an investor who ended up, you know, kind of helping us out, uh, relocating into another uh, home essentially. Yeah. So that was my first indirect way. I was just a teenager at the time, but uh, over the years, uh, I eventually um, came across PropStream because I was a t technology guy. I loved computers, loved fixing them, loved installing things. So they uh, put out an ad for someone who would be able to help people install this real estate application. So yeah. This is the first time I ever heard about PropStream. So uh, reluctantly, they they hired me, and uh, here I am today. But w w over the years, so I started as a tech support. But over the years, as I was helping people install this application, I would do what we're doing: just have a straight conversation. Yeah. You know, hey, why is it that you're using PropStream? What is it that you do? And uh, here's the thing: so during these conversations, I would be talking to surgeons, retired police officers, lawyers, doctors, uh, politicians, uh, lenders, and comes to find out that like these guys were having a great life already, right? They're yeah. making six figures, but they all ended up doing real estate mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And that's what kind of interests me is like, I'm never, I was never a book guy, right? Yeah, My me, parents me wanted me to go to school and I just, it was never for me. But here I was at a job answering phone calls of people that did take this route that my parents wanted me to take mm -hmm. just to get into real estate when they're in their 50s, right? Mm -hmm. So that's when it finally triggered. So I started asking more questions. Why are you looking for these type of leads? What is it that you do? What strategies do you know? And so over the few years, I've learned pretty much everything you can possibly imagine, creative seller financing, lease options, subject to wholesaling, fixing, flipping, what agents are looking for, uh, what lenders are looking for, contractors are looking for. And so in that course of learning, I was able to take this information bring it to our developers and our, our leaders, and here's where we are at today. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Uh, I started in 2013 mm. with PropStream, and for the last seven years, I've just been helping people kind of dissect the data that you can get anywhere. But through PropStream, you'll have obviously a lot of comprehensive ways or uh, a lot of comprehensive filters that you can use to dissect that data even further. So you would say you probably were involved in 
prop stream in the earlier days? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you can look at our reviews. I mean, I, I try to be as transparent as possible. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have our great moments, right? You yeah. can look at some of our reviews way back when we struggled, uh, but we learned. And that's the thing that is a little bit different about us. We kind of keep our ears open and uh, we're willing to admit our defeats and, yeah. and we're willing to learn and grow from that. And so, again, over the course of years, we just started speaking to investors like you and trying to understand where you guys are coming from. What is it that you guys need from the data? You can get data anywhere, right? But what yeah. is it that you would like us to do with this data? Uh, and how can we accommodate you in whatever your strategy is? And that was our philosophy when that, when we started getting into that. that. That's that's pretty cool. I mean, so for people that are listening now and, and, and never heard of PropStream, what is it in a nutshell, like in an elevator pitch? Uh, elevator pitch. So we provide nationwide public records and MLS listings for an investor to, at the comfort of their own home, mm -hmm. uh, find distressed homeowners and investors and market to them. Uh, you can use the skip tracing feature, REI Skip. Uh, you also have the campaign postcards and whatnot. Yeah. So what we did is we took the physical labor that people were doing five, 10 years ago, and now they're able to do it in their office. So here's what's crazy. When I started a little bit over three years ago, I didn't know any, I knew nothing about PropStream. I wish I knew about it then <laughs> to make myself a little bit easier, but I don't regret what I did because what how I learned data was going to the courthouse and originally understanding where it aggregated from. Right. From the records room, from what, like what you guys have been able to compile. Now, how easy is it to get all the records that you guys have right now? Like we love data, right? We yeah. talk about that. How easy was it for you to get, for, 15 years, right? Yeah, 15 years. Over 15 years, how easy was it to get? It wasn't easy. There was a lot of speed bumps, a lot of polit politics involved. Um, again, you're dealing with records where some of them is electronic, so we can get it by an email or PDF file or some sort of file type. Some of it's still in the primitive stage where you, know, you have to actually send someone physically out there and record this document and send it back. So it wasn't easy, but over the 15 years through our credibility, the way we've done business, uh, the way that we treat the, the, the providers that are giving us the data, uh, we've been able to amass probably one of the largest databases out there when it comes to public records, mortgage information, deeds and transfers, as well as the MLS. Got it. And and it's it, it is it is hard to get the data you're talking about. Yes. I know because I have to do it in a very like micro way to get it. Um, you know, for me, one of you know, I I, I use PropStream, you know, you went, yeah. you came to my office, you know, our activity on it. The reason how I stumbled upon it is because as I was growing my team, I needed something that was less heavy lifting yeah. as going to the courthouse, pulling data, finding. And a lot of the providers that we used in the past, I won't mention any names, it was outdated data. Yeah. It was out, just, just outdated. We would, it would just be, it would sold, it'd be gone, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be like, no, we don't have that problem anymore. So to be able to have that at the fingertip of my team was just like crazy. It allowed me to scale it allowed me to replace my personal knowledge yeah. and be able to pass on some software to, to my team so that they can continue and do what I was doing while I was outgrowing, outgrowing the business. And I'm happy to hear that. And actually to your point about like that outdated data, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, there, there are only so many data providers nationwide, Period. right? Period. But uh, what people <clears throat> fail to realize is it's not that you can get the data, but it's the frequency on how fast you're receiving that data. And that's what has separated us from most providers is that some of these providers are only collecting data once a month, right? Again, we've been doing this for 15 years. We've established a great relationship mm -hmm. with a lot of these core providers. So we're getting data 
for example, the MLS within a 24 to 48 update notice. So if you, an agent, were to list a property today, Proption would have it within the next 24 to 48 hours. And that's not easy. And I say that because for those of you that are realtors, yeah. licensed, uh, you know that there's not just one MLS. How many of them are there roughly? There's approximately 700 plus MLS boards and we're in the 90th percentile with that. So there are some MLS boards that uh, we like to call the mafia, right? They just will not give us their data. But we've been able to circumvent that. I won't say how, but again, we collect data not from just brokers and public records, but in the 15 years, we've built secret relationships with companies yeah. to collect data that isn't available to other aggregators. So it's not just who do we get the data from? And the answer to that is we get it from everybody, uh, but the frequency of that data. And we try to get it uh, updated within 24 or 40 hours of a public record release or an MLS, MLS data update. So so getting the data and how frequent you get it is only half the battle. Correct. It's putting it together and having it make sense to everyday people. Correct. Right? So how difficult was it was to take how many records do you think you guys maintain or have? We probably just in property records alone, over 200 million individual property records. So, so you're pulling 200 million property records together and then you, you have to then decipher that data and then put it in its necessary places so that a person like I or anybody listening could press a button and see what they want. Correct. Um, just to kind of paint a picture, if we go back again, 10 years, strip away mm -hmm. the technology, um, for me to identify all the elements of a property situation, I would need to a pull public records to get maybe property characteristics if I don't physically walk the property. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe look for any title encumbrances, right? So do a title search on that property to see if there's any liens or pre foreclosures or anything I need to worry about. And then I would also need to contact a realtor, right? I need to make sure is this property on market or is it off market? So again, we go back 10 years and that's the amount of work that an individual had to do yeah. with PropStream. We've kind of circumvented that Hit for a you. Yeah. So it, it, again, for people that don't understand, MLS and public records are not the same databases. Yeah. So when you click on a property that is on the market in PropStream, you're going to see the MLS data alongside with the public records, alongside the liens and the bankruptcy and the mortgage information, which is unheard of. Yeah. Right. To and and have visual representation of that. So to be able for to put it all together so that an investor can at a click of a button, understand pretty much the entire story well before calling the owner. That was our philosophy there. That That's amazing. So let, let's talk about this for a second. So when, when my team and I got onto PropStream and we started using it, we started to, I, and I say this a lot, we're, and we're guilty of it sometimes too, when we get a new shiny software, yeah. we only use 20% of its functions, <laughs> right? So for us, what we when we started out mainly doing it, it was for my acquisitions team to be able to, that when we get a call in on a property, for yeah. us to be able to look it up, hit the button, blah, 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 and then we know exactly what information you guys have on this property when it was last sold, who the owner is, how long the right. they, the ownership is, is, are there any liens on it? Um, and then you, then you start getting into comps. And then so it allowed my acquisition team to be able to, in five minutes or less, be able to look at all the comps yeah. and get, the, get all the information we needed <laughs> so that we can give an, a, a best educated offer or guess of number over the phone to a seller. Right. Because that's why they're calling us. They want to know what we're able to pay. Now, obviously, we try to hold it out as much as possible, that number. Yeah. But it is important to be able to give the customer, the seller, that 
thing that they called for pretty quickly. That that is correct, and and that was the goal. Is we we took we took the data again, and and there are tons of aggregators out there. We took the data and we took an approach of instead of data from us to you and take it and leave it. It's here's the data and here's the the picture that's unfolding right here's a story of a property that's going through several situations or no situations or here's the owner's history mm -hmm. so that you the investor can understand that story and then make a a, a, a very I, I guess you would say a, a very conscious guess a, a very uh a lucrative decision on whether this property qualifies or not right because again the the problem that people come to find out is when they get caught off guard. They find a property, they go to the county and they get pre-foreclosures and then they start marketing to these pre-foreclosures without contacting a realtor. And I'm going to be honest with you, there's about a good 40, maybe 30% of that list that are on market properties. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to be able to deal with that. So you just wasted marketing on that. And so to be able to bridge these different sources together and, and to for you to be able to see not just the public records, but the MLS history, the MLS photo, mm -hmm. the MLS sold amount, especially if you're in a non-disclosure state, is very pinnacle, like hands down. That was our approach with the product. So b before we move forward, one of the, the functions that I really love about uh, prop stream in general and one of the most misused functions is actually pulling comps right it is the it is the crazy dragon in our business that people <laughs> are afraid to tackle right and the reason why i invited you out here the reason why you agreed to come out here is one we want to kind of help people understand this software and the actual power if you use it correctly right so what i would like for you to do is i know it's just like we're just going at it i just want you to open your laptop and show us how you would pull a comp because there's a difference on looking at all sold properties. Yes. And when we look at comps, we want to look at sold properties from the MLS. Right. Right. So why can't people, why, I, I guess it's not why I know why, because people just don't take the time. Yeah. But is there a big difference? And, and, and also when you have a non-disclosure state. Yeah. It's it's hard to get that information. Oh, absolutely. So explain the difference like when you're if you're in Texas, right? We have yeah. a lot of people in Houston and Dallas. Um, how what's the difference when people say you're in a disclosure state, non-disclosure state? Let's okay. talk about that. So that's a very great point. And I, I'm really happy that you asked me this question so we can finally put this at rest. So there are 14 states in the United States that are considered non-disclosure. So it, bottom what, line is what a non-disclosure state is, is that when a property sells, the sell amount is redacted. You actually do not get to see it. The only time you get to see it is if you are the homeowner of the property mm -hmm. and you request that public record. So if I'm an investor and I find a property, I get it on contract and I try to run comps on it using public records. You're not gonna find it. Not gonna get it at all. Now, here's the thing uh, that we did in the past before MLS. In non-disclosure states, we would get the sell amount through a third party, mm -hmm. like a title company or an attorney. So to this very day, if you use a public record comp or use our public record comps in a non-disclosure state, the values that you will see are estimated values, right? Now, I think the challenge is that some investors don't understand what the, the, the their market, right? So they don't understand what uh, a non-disclosure state um, is or, and what and how it can hinder their business. So in a non-disclosure state, a state that doesn't provide public records, especially the sell amount, 
it's imperative that you use MLS data to mm -hmm. render comps. And here's why. As I mentioned earlier, the MLS database is separate from the county's database or the state's database. So they don't play by the same rules. So when a property sells through an agent, the agent's going to provide you the photos of that property. So if you're running comps now, you're going to be able to see the rehab that's performed, right? So now you can get an understanding of, yeah, this is why that property sold for a quarter million dollars. Here's the rehab that was performed for mm -hmm. it to successfully sell at a quarter million dollars. Well, when you're running comps, you want to look at MLS properties because that's when you're going to get the actual data of what it sold. You're trying to find out what the ARV is. Exactly. And ARV, if, in, in another perspective, is marketable condition. Right? Yeah, correct. The property has to be in marketable condition for an agent to sell it on the MLS. And so in a non-disclosure state, it's highly imperative that you only use MLS less comps. Do not use public record comps. Yeah. Now, the reason why we provide both is for the other states, right? In other states, you can see public record comps and MLS comps. What's the difference between the two? Public record comps are officially recorded cells, right? And this includes private recorded cells. Mm -hmm. So I can go into a market and see a property that sold through a cash buyer that didn't sell through an MLS. That's a luxury there. Because now I can see what buyers are buying it for, mm -hmm. right? I can also see things that sold through a foreclosure, through a transfer. So having access to public records is lucrative for many different ways. It's also used to run public uh, an ARV. The challenge with public record comps is that the public can take a while to record a sell. Yeah. It could be a month, it could be two months. I've seen public the county take up to six months to record a sell. This is why MLS is also very important in a disclosure state. So whether you're in a non-disclosure or a disclosure state, MLS plays a very important role. For a non-disclosure state, the important role that it plays is that you get the sell amount, right? So where the county doesn't provide it, the MLS comps will provide it. And yeah. again, if you go to our comp section, not only will you see the sell amount, you'll see the sell date, and you'll see the MLS photos to go with that. And if you don't believe us, I mean, the, the agent's information's in the details, so you can yeah. call them and double check that. But it's also a benefit because of frequency. So when a property sells with an agent, remember we get the update in 24 to 48 hours, so we get to see that it's sold, and we get to see what it's sold for, but the county hasn't recorded that data yet. So having access to the MLS will let you see things that sold in the last 30 days that the county hasn't pushed out yet. So if you're not a licensed agent, how do you get access to the MLS? If you're not a licensed agent, how do we get access? No, to no, it? no. Uh, Just like in general, people watching this. You listen. have to call an agent or you yourself have to go get a license and it isn't cheap. Yeah. So that's the pretty much the only way. Otherwise, you, you have sites like us and yeah. we provide it and it's very fast. Plus, we tie it in with the other records. As so well. let's 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 let's. Put you on a spot let's pull up a laptop yeah let's let's show let's pull a comp okay and let's just show the people because that's i think that's why like if you're watching this right now i think it's important for you to be able to see it and if you're listening go go watch the youtube version of this later yeah so so pull up a, a, okay pull up a, a thing and then let's see and then dave will switch to the screen when we're ready but pull it up and just kind of show them what they're actually supposed to be doing when it comes to like finding a comp Okay, perfect. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do it in two markets. I'm going to okay. do it in a disclosure market and I'm going to do it in a non-disclosure market. And that's great market. because a lot of our a lot of the audience are going to be in Texas. They're going to be in places that are the, the non-disclosure places and they're going to want to see how to do it. Okay. So All right. So the I'm, first one I'll do is we'll, we'll go to where I stay in Riverside, California. So we're going to look for Riverside County, California. And let's say I'm looking for a property with a lien 
and we can filter it so we'll just keep it simple individually own and there's equity on the property so we'll keep it simple and once i get my results here this is how i would run a comp on the property and let's just make sure it's a single family property too mm -hmm. all right so now that i have my results i'm going to go ahead and click on that property so when i run comps on the property and I go to the comparables in nearby listings. So let's let's just say you get a call from a seller from whatever piece of marketing, and this is the house they're calling about, and you're in a state that does disclosures. Correct. Right. So now you found the property, you typed the actual property in, mm -hmm. and now now you need to run a comp on it. Right. So show them show them what they're doing. So the first thing you want to do is look at the property characteristics right below the photos. So we have a three bedroom, two bathroom. Square footage is fifteen hundred and fifty. So I'm going to go to the comparables in nearby listings and I'm going to use that information. It's all a matter of apples to apples. Right? Correct. So when I'm in the comparables in nearby listings, being that California is a disclosure market, I have the luxury of looking at public record comps and MLS comps. So let me just kind of isolate the difference here. Okay. So if I look at public record comps and I isolate it by sell date, the most recent comp is on January 3rd of 2020. And that's this first one right here. Yeah, so that's about a month. That's about a month ago. Correct. And so if I go to MLS comp and I organize it by most recent date, the most recent MLS comp that we have here, um, let me go to. So it was listed on that November twenty sixth, uh, twenty six, and we're going to see the sell amount here when I go into the details. And this is good because this is going to allow people to actually like see how to do this. Yep, correct. So you have the mortgage information. It shows that it's sold in cash. So you have it and it's the MLS details that you have here and the listing history that you have here. So you're going to be able to see public records and MLS records right off the bat. So now it's a matter of just apples to apples, right? So I'm going to go in here and I'm going to look for, in this case, we automatically go back a year, but I'm going to look for a three bedroom and a two bathroom property. And then I'm going to apply square footage. So I usually do 200 plus and 200 minus. I do too. And that, now that what he's mean by that is the variance of that a house within a house and typically in those market, my market too, if it's within 200 square feet, yep. plus or minus is what your variance is. Correct. And so now that I have my properties that are very similar to that, um, now I can control the property class. So it's again, getting more granular. So if you're running a single family property, then you're going to want to run a residential single family property. You also, as I mentioned earlier, not only have access to public record sales, but you can see things like what a cash buyer in this market is willing to buy a property for. Mm -hmm. So we went from, I'm looking to run comps to, hey, I potentially have a buyer. Now I can put on my list, right? For this so, particular property. Exactly. So I obviously want to write that, that write down that information, but then I can deselect that and see all the uh, total sold records in a half a mile radius. And so now it's a matter of finding the anomalies. So as you go down, you're going to see things that sold for a lot less. So here's one that sold for a lot less because of a foreclosure sale. So here's- So you take it off your list. That's correct. Because you're not matter. comparing apples to apples. You correct. want the market- fair value property that wasn't under stress situation. That's exactly correct. And you're going to also see things like this case head has a four bedroom instead of a three bedroom. So we're going to go ahead and deselect that. That means that it probably well. sold for more. Correct. So once we have our properties selected and deselected, it's now going to tell us our average sell price and the price per square footage. 
we now can hit view report and it's going to take the ones that we've selected and now it's going to give us access to this report shows us our low our high and the average yeah so so in this property now you're able to say okay the average is what you're going to work with yeah hey this is the average arv for this property based upon apple to apples over Correct. the last year and the reason why we do a low and a high is because at the end of the day, we don't know what the investor is going to do with the property. Correct. The right? finishes determine if you're going to go high or you're going to go low. Are you going to put lipstick pig on a lipstick on a pig? Yeah. Or are you going to go put granite countertops, nice wood floors, high end paints and appliances? That's Correct. the difference how you get up there. So depending on what your finishes are going to be, you got your high, you got your low. Correct. And and then you have your average with that. So my 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 reason for wanting you to show that in real time is to, to, to show people that in less than five minutes, you're able to pull a property that you got to call on or right. whatever the situation is. You're able to simply say, okay, let me see who cash buyers in here. Yeah. You found two properties that had cash buyers. And then you're able to eliminate by simply doing, knowing some variances and some simple rules. If it's apples to apples, it's apples to apples. And then if you have a lot of properties that sold, then you start narrowing the date down. You went, you originally went to a year. Correct. Now say, let me just jump to six months. Yes. Because if it was, if it was 14 properties at a year, let me say, okay, well, let's narrow it down to six months. And then if it's nine properties, I'm still, I'm going to see what happened in three months. And if I can get 90 day data with apples to apples, that is my true Correct. actual comp. Yeah. And that's really why we gave you the filter is again, we, we wanted to kind of give the investor the ability to, to do it on their own, right? You got to do your due diligence, um, but you have to know what you're doing, right? You have to know how to approach it. It's really, like you said, apples to apples within a, hopefully within the last six months to a year, depending on your market and a very close proximity. So my question is with the public records, it was seven. You have seven properties there, right? Um, yeah. After I filter them. So, so on the MLS side, it's 45. Yes, correct. So yeah, 45. Is that, is that pre-filter or after filter? No, this is pre-filter. Got it. So what we can do here is we can look for things in a much lower time frame, right? So we can, instead of going back a year, maybe we go back six months. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just a matter of apples to apples, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, again, 200 plus, and then 200 minus. So our 200 minus 200 plus. And then we can do property class. So we're gonna do residential, single family. And now we have our sold listings. And so with our sold listings, you can see the four that we have here. And again, the goal is to find any anomalies. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna look at property characteristics. Everything seems good. There might be one that's too low. We can go ahead and deselect that. And now you'll have your selected comps. Now, the thing with the MLS is you have MLS photos. So you'll see these little photo icons next to the results. You can click on it. So then you can see the actual finish on the sold product to determine if it was a high finish or a low finish. Absolutely. It gives you more information to actually say, okay, well, my buyers are going to buy and fix with high stuff. So this is where they're going to be ARV is. And then you have some buyers that are going to do uh, lipstick on a pig. Correct. And then they're just going to be at the low end. Correct. And and the th cool thing about the MLS is by default, we do show you the sold status. Mm -hmm. So right now we can see sold listings in the last you know 90 days or six months that we put. But you can also see things that are active right now. Here, here's why I like to like look at that is because 
It shows a, a it can show a trend. Bingo. You can see if perhaps the market has increased in Correct. the last 30 days. And, it's, and the way the market has been for the last couple of years, it's very likely in the last 90 days, there's a trend upward. Correct. And again, with that, you also get to click on the photos of those active listings and see, the and actual, see why the it was finishes. now listed at that amount. So you get to see the ones that are 600,000 and the ones that are 700,000, the difference of what they look like inside. That's correct. And right. so when you're in a disclosure state like California, you have the luxury of using public records and MLS records. The difference really is that public records will show you off-market sales, right? So you can see things that buyers bought and things that were uh, REO bought. And MLS will show you things that were, again, very recent that the county hasn't pushed out yet. Yeah. But if we go to a whole different market, like let's say um, Dallas, I, I, Dallas is a huge market. So this is great. So, so everybody that's in a non-disclosure state, I got a lot of listeners, a lot of YouTubers that are not in, in, in this Texas, in this non-disclosure state. This is how you properly find this data and properly run comps in a non-disclosure state. Correct. So let's run again, the same filter. So we're gonna look for liens that are off market and um, owners, individual, and it has equity, okay? So we're gonna look for like 70% or more. And we'll make sure it's a single family. Now, now what he's doing here is he's just narrowing down a property, but let's just say you got an actual call from somebody. Exactly. And you're just finding a property. So you don't know anything about the Dallas market. So you're going and you found a property. So here, Correct. here we are with so this property. So the first thing I wanna highlight is right here, you're gonna notice because it's a non-disclosure state, you don't get the sell amount, right? It says non-available, it's not applicable. You don't get that. But here's the thing about having access to MLS, and this is a perfect example. We have the MLS details, and the MLS details is, again, aggregated from the broker. So you're able to see the update date, the sold status, and the sell amount. Again, this property sold in July 31st of 2018. The county doesn't give us that information. Don't have it. But in the MLS details, we have the sell amount. Not only that, but we have the listing history. So you can see if, if there's, there's been a price adjustment. Correct. You can see if it's been on the market for a long time. And again, you have access to the photos of that property. But how do I run a comp? Uh, essentially, all you want to do, guys, is never use this first box. Public record comps, you should ignore it. You should ignore it. Yeah. So, you know, non-disclosure state, do not use the public records box because they simply don't give you the information. Correct. They're all estimated values. And as a matter of fact, to protect ourselves, if you ever accidentally go to the public record comps and you actually click on a property uh, within the public record comps, mm -hmm. we're going to actually tell you at the very top, it says estimated. The last sell amount, it literally says that. Okay. And I think people are perhaps overlooking that. Correct. Uh, so what you want to do in a non-disclosure state is never use the public record comps. You just essentially want to use MLS comps. And at this point, it's just a matter of, of apples, apples to apples. apples. Right. So we're going to go back, uh, let's say six months. And this is a three bedroom. And if you guys want to cap it out, you can go to max and put three in there. So it only looks for just three bedrooms. Mm -hmm. So same with bathrooms, 2.5. Maybe I wanted three because we so might yeah, make it Yeah, 2.5 and three is really the same. You don't exactly. get much added value. So go ahead and just add to the three And then well. we're going to do the 200 plus and 200 minus. So 1953 and then 2353. And then again, we're looking for a residential. And we have one here, but we can increase the distance. And so now we have that one comp. So here's one for 285. We can click on the photos. 
and we can see the rehab on this property. Mm -hmm. nice and we can rehab. see what it sold for. In this case, it sold for 285. It has very similar characteristics to our property. And that's a staged home. So what I like to do before I go out on the distance, I go back in time. Correct. Yeah. So if I'm running six months, I'm going to jump to nine months. Correct. If I don't have it in nine months, I'm going to go back to a year because before I start to get further away from the subject property, I want to get a little bit further back in time. Brilliant. And and another thing, too, is not just looking at sold records, but you can actually stack. So you can say, you know what, I want to look at sold records and pending records, right? Because a pending and means someone's made an offer. Made an offer, right? There you go. So now that we've done sold and pending and we went back a, a year, and we can keep it tight. So we're going to do a one mile radius. Here are our two sold records. So 285, 286, you know what your I average guess where is. where we need to be in that 285, 286, between a 280 and 290 range. Correct. And so again, with that said, now that you have your results, how do I get this to my investor? It's as easy as going to the details of that comp and then hitting the print button at the very top of mm -hmm. that comp. And we actually will give you a PDF report with the MLS information dead center. So you have center. backed up data so that when you're going to go talk to your buyer, if they're looking to say that, hey, where'd you get your comps from? Right here. Yeah, correct. So once this populates, and I'm sure it will here, let me also click on the second property here so you can see that. All right. So first property. So you're just going to hit the print button here at the top. It's going to generate a CMA report for you. Mm -hmm. And in this report, this is all you need right here, guys. So this right here is what you want to highlight when you provide your investor. As a matter of fact, you want to black out this information here because this is public records. And remember, guys, these values that we're giving you are from third party. So you have to know that when you're in a non-disclosure market, and you can Google it because they'll tell you which 14 states that are non-disclosure. If you're in one of those 14 states, just use MLS data Simple. and that's it. You're done with that after that. Simple. So I, I love that because I get this question all the time. How do you run comps? How do you run comps? And the reason why my everybody in the sales side of the acquisition side of my business has this. All my VAs in the Philippines, they get to use this to be able to give educated information when they're talking. My in-house staff, they have this software so they can do it. And it's not its not a sales pitch. It's truly we use this. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I don't talk about something I don't use. And, I and this is the reason why I love this software. But this is just the beginning. This is just a very 5% of what this software does. Yeah. Um, we've been working together and developing some things. You take a lot of feedback from us on our team. Correct. And you guys are putting out this cool thing. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but if, if, I, if I... Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about it. Um, you can't show it, but you can talk I can't about show it. it, but I can talk about it. You, so you're, you're putting... You're putting we, we, we've created this, this, this kind of list stacking feature, but I think it's way more than that because I think that word is overused. What I like about the new update that we have in our office now that we've been able to play with is that you're able to take, here's the thing, we get data from all over the place. Right. We get data that we aggregate on our own from the county, right? That could be divorce, probate, because you guys don't have probate records. Correct. Um, divorce, probate, marriage, uh, dissolved LLCs. These are all things that we aggregate, aggregate ourselves. And then we buy lists from list source. Yeah. Right. And then we buy lists from a bunch of different places. But what happens is we don't know where to put all this data. Right. And what I like as a function is that I can get a probate list and I can upload, upload it to the new up and coming version that's gonna release and it just does magic. Yeah, so what Max is referring to is a product that we're about to release very, very soon. It's called List Automator. So 
Here's the thing. Um, we understand from an investor standpoint that there's a lot of data providers out there, mm -hmm. right? That's without the doubt. Uh, but at the end of the day, an investor needs to know as much on a property, period. So whether that means you have to go through five or 10 different sources to get that much information, great. But the challenge is that these data aggregators, uh, we weren't making it easy for you mm -hmm. because we pretty much... Uh, it was like our data and that's it, right? We it's Ours is the best data. Don't look at anybody else's data. So we decided to take a different approach. The approach was, why don't we just give you our data with their data? So if you have something that we don't have, List Automator will actually now allow you to upload that data and we're gonna give you everything that we have on top of their record. So it, let's talk about that probate, which we don't have, right? So let's say you go to a provider that has probate records but they don't have tax liens, they don't have MLS, they don't have pre-foreclosures, you'll be able to export their data and upload it to PropStream and we'll tell you what's on the market, what has a lien, what has a pre-foreclosure. We'll let you know the owner's name, we'll let you know the mortgage information. So once you've uploaded it, we're gonna now layer our information on top of their information. All the information. Correct, and then you'll be able to create filters from that as well. You this can is a say. feature that I really love is to create the the filters and these filters automatically update. Correct. You'll be able to set rules finally. You'll be able to say things like if this if any of my 100 properties in my marketing list no longer meet any of my five criteria, go ahead and automatically delete it. If it recently sold? Yes, correct. It. Or if it's no longer vacant or it's it paid off their lien, uh, we will automatically delete it for you. We will even email you the ones that have been automatically deleted. And this also goes for when we do updates daily. So as we're doing updates daily, it will automatically move them into your marketing list. Or you can do it manually. We'll alert you and say, hey, 50 properties now meet your criteria. What would you like to do with them? The reason why we're doing that is in this very moment, uh, whether it's our product or anybody's product, uh, you build a filter, you run your marketing on that filter, and then what, right? So now you got to essentially rebuy that filter or that, that list again. So this is to end that. The idea is to be able to build a list and market to it for as long as you need to market to it. And then over time, we're going to delete the properties that no longer need to be marketed to but still remind you of the properties that, hey, even though it's been six months of marketing, they're still in that same criteria. So don't stop, essentially. Mm -hmm. This, again, will also, uh, for people that don't realize the import and how impactful it's going to be, this is going to allow you to take a list that you've probably been storing on your desktop for like two or three years. For example, you might have a high equity list that you bought a from ago. a long time ago, and you'll be able to import that and since we're gonna tie in the mortgage information, we'll, we'll let you know which ones still have the high equity, which ones still have the low equity, and then you can add filters to it. So you can say, hey, I'm about to upload this high equity list from two years ago, let me know your data, but then separate the ones that have a lien and a bankruptcy and are off market. Mm -hmm. So that's our list automator feature. I personally believe uh, it's taking a much different approach to where it, it's going to change the the product from just another data provider to this is the source where you can get as much records. That's where you put all your data. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, we're yeah. trying to give the investor again everything that we can. Uh, we we don't like the term competing with other data aggregators. Hey, at the end of the day, we're here to service the investor. Correct. You know what I mean? If that means giving them our data on top of another provider's data, 
then let's have it. So be it. Yeah, that's it. Because that, at the end of the day, we've got to make sure that the investors know everything. We don't want you to get caught off guard, right? Yeah. We don't want you to, to to start making phone calls and then you realize that, oh, the equity was wrong because they had actually a home equity line of credit, right? And so we have that information. So we'll let you know all the activity that's happening, whether it's our list or another person's list. That's amazing. So before we wrap it up, I talk about people only using 20% of um, a a list or 20, sorry, 20% <laughs> of a product that they actually get. Right. Um, you have, you guys have a Facebook group Yes. Um, where, what is it? What is it called again? It's called PropStream user community and it's exclusive to just the PropStream community of users. Yeah. So it's a great avenue for people to kind of talk to other PropStream users and share some best practices. So in, I know there's a bunch, you, you got a bunch of this answer. I'm about to ask you a question, but I, I want the top five things that you love about PropStream. Some of the top five features. Some of the top five features I love would be, um, first off, just having access to the MLS details. Because again, we talked about the listing history. Um, a lot of people don't realize that you can find a lead by knowing that a price had a price adjustment or mm -hmm. a listed property had a price adjustment. That's big, right? If, again, the only person that would have that information was the realtor and the broker. Yeah. So us collecting listing history is big. You can look at properties that have been listed on the market for 90 days or more, go into the details and see if there's been several price adjustments. Mm -hmm. Now you know that they're very motivated. Uh, the second probably most important avenue is the skip tracing and marketing features. Mm -hmm. To be able to not just build your leads, but then to be able to source the contact information right then and there through REI Skip, and then go into the campaign feature and start sending elements like that, it's unheard of. I yeah. mean, think, think of, again, we go back 10 years, we get the data, getting phone numbers was unheard of, right? And 10 then, years, how about like five, three years exactly. ago? Exactly, I mean, skip tracing is theoretically new to the scene and, and getting phone numbers and all that stuff was unheard of. So we would have to send postcards. And again, if you didn't have a postcard software, you had to do this stuff physically. I did. Right, exactly. I so, still have envelopes that I bought in bulk. <laughs> and I, hey, we still yeah. do it too, man. Um, the third probably is just all the data being bridged together, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to have a, a product that shows you MLS details, mortgage information, public records information side by side is important to us. And again, important to the investor. And then the last probably thing I would say, I know I can hit top five, but the last probably thing is the filtering system. Mm -hmm. And I say that because for the first time ever, we have allowed an investor to think outside of the box. And what I mean by that is that back in the heyday, and people are still doing it now, they would buy a, a certain category, right? They would buy a pre-foreclosure list. They would buy a bankruptcy list. They would buy a taxing list. There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, the filtering system allows you to, to look at those criteria and stack them, mm -hmm. also suppress them. So if you're in a market where pre-foreclosures are very competitive, you can use the filtering system to say, hey, I'd like Take a tax lien. Yes, I'd like a tax lien that's not in pre-foreclosure. How do I know that this tax lien is going to go into pre-foreclosure? I want a tax lien with a bankruptcy, not in pre-foreclosure, right? So being able to suppress data is as important as stacking data. But at the end of the day, what people fail to realize is that the filtering system will finally let you think of a predicament. It doesn't have to be a list. And that's what people call our customer support line and they ask me, Burton, you've been on Max's videos. What are the best lists? What list is Max using or stuff like that, right? Um, so the reality of it is, is 
the best list determines on the investor. We don't know what you know, yeah. right? And if you only know wholesaling, then you need to stress properties with equity, right? If you're an agent, you can look for off-market properties with or without equity, right? If you know subject to's. And so depending on what you know, the lead will be different. So what I tell people is that for the first time ever, you can go into our filtering system and create whatever lead that you want. You can sit there and I'm going to give you guys the secret. If you guys want to know what a lead really is, it's a predicament. That's really it. It's a homeowner facing a predicament. And some of these predicaments are very obvious, right? Pre-foreclosures, bankruptcy, liens. But some of them could be the things that people aren't thinking about, like maybe a property with three mortgages, uh, which you have the filter for. Uh, maybe a property that's been owned for 10 years that's currently vacated. A uh, tired landlord, for example. Uh, a property that's been active on the market for 90 days um, and it has price adjustments. Uh, we were talking about earlier, we just introduced um, allowing you to search for unit numbers now. So you can look for an apartment complex with 20 units and go into the details and see how many of the uh, the property or the units are vacated. Rented, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there are people fail to realize that a predicament isn't just a category. It could be the building being old. 100%. And that's why I tell people all the time, I say, stop looking for deals and start looking for problems yes. to solve. It's that simple. That's and it. if you can reverse engineer a problem, yes. then you know where to, how to, to dice, to put a problem together with PropStream and create your own filters. If you buy a list, you're stuck with that list. Correct. I'm not saying you shouldn't buy lists. Don't no. get, let me get crazy. But if you only buy lists, you're stuck with that list. If you're able to create filters because you reverse engineer common problems, then you're way ahead of the game. Now, let's, let's be honest. A lot of people listen to this podcast. A lot of people watching this YouTube video do not need to get five to 10 deals a month. You don't have a big operation. Right. With this software for $97 a month, you're able to get very granular and get your one to two deals a month. Correct. To make your 10, 20, $30,000 a month, and that's life-changing money. When you're able to do that, and you're able to do it consistently, then you start talking about the scaling operation and buying XYZ list, XYZ that, XYZ this. If you can just get real granular and learn this software 100%, and it's that simple. If you can sim, if you if you have five hundred dollars to start this business, <laughs> you 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 set a, you set aside two months worth of prop stream, and you really dive into it. I mean, you re I mean, become obsessed. Learn yeah. every single call Burton every day. <laughs> Please do so. I'm always call here to help, Burton man. Every single day because you need to learn the ins and out of the software. Because once you do that, once you get the information, once you granularize this, then you skip trace it. Then you call the owner. You can then solve somebody's problem versus going out there looking for a deal. Yes. And we're in the business of solving problems. Like you said earlier, we're not real estate investors. We're real estate solution providers. And we can provide solutions and make a lot of money Amen. doing it. I love period. that. So you guys have YouTube videos too that also have walk people through some simple- Yes, we do. Simple. We have YouTube videos. Uh, we're going to be releasing an FAQ section in our help section. So questions will be answered with answers and obviously a video mm -hmm. associated to that as well. Plus you have our Facebook group, which I'm an admin to, so you can PM me directly. And you have our customer support Monday through Friday as well. And obviously you guys know we've been working so closely together um, and trying to develop new products and, and, and not new products, but new like updates yeah. for, for the software. And we've been able to do a lot. So um, we're going to we're going to be releasing the the uh, 
the list automated very soon. Um, but if you want to get it as soon as it comes out, make sure you go to maxpropertydata.com, sign up. Uh, we still have a seven day free trial. And here, here's, yes. what I, here's what I would say, guys. You're not going to find a deal in seven days. Stop getting a trial. <laughs> I think you're going to get a seven days. The trial to see is, is if you actually like the software. And if you don't like the software, then cancel it. Period. Yeah, and, and actually to Max's point, this, the trial period should be used to search a market that you're in and see how many leads we have in that market and then run your comps. Is there sufficient data? Do you like what you see? Was there enough tax liens? Then you'll be able to determine this is for you. And again, another thing I do want to shed light on, Max, is that uh, there is an unrealistic approach. Uh, like Max says, you're not going to get a deal in seven days. And some of these deals will require some time, guys. And that's why we have the marketing. Uh, it's not going to be one postcard and someone's going to call you. You, you might need to ten, send two postcards or three or postcards. Or six or seven like we do. Absolutely. So I understand, guys, that this is a, um, if you obviously are trying to make real estate being a real estate solutionist uh, lifestyle, understand that some of these homeowners aren't going to want to sell their their house on the first phone call, right? Those it's going to take follow-up. Yeah, exactly. It's going to take follow-up, rapport, your genuineness, and again, six months down the road. And I tell people a lot that most of the successful investors using prop streams, most I would say 60, 70% of their deals are from the follow-up, are from the the pipelines this that they're whole building. Business. Exactly. That's what this whole business is about. So I wanted to shed that light because, uh, again, a lot of people call in and uh, they'll they'll cancel in the trial period and they'll say, and I'll ask I'll, politely, you know, what was the reason for it? Was it us? Was it, you know, something that we could have done better? And uh, some have said, I just, we never got a deal. And I'm, okay. Well, <laughs> Seven days. I, yeah. I, 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 some can, I suppose, but very unrealistic approach in my yeah. personal opinion. That's crazy, man. But I, I enjoyed talking to you. I hope this was useful for everybody out there. Um, I appreciate Burton coming all the way here from California to sit in this place just to educate you guys. And and this is great. And this is great. So make sure you guys uh, get, the, get the trial if you're interested. Join the Facebook group that they have once you get it so you can start diving deep and learning with everybody else. And uh, just keep at it, man. And you just keep at it. Become obsessed with this software. Become obsessed with any software that you're trying. Become obsessed with that thing. Don't go out and get 50 different things. Get one thing and become the best at it. Become so good that you can be, you can join Burton's support team. Right? <laughs> We'd love to have you on board, yeah. guys. No, just don't, I mean, don't join his team, but <laughs> that good where you can actually do it. And then once you do that and you become actually obsessed with it, you know 80 plus percent of the software, then you're going to be great. But that's our time, guys. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. I appreciate you listening on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, you know what to do at this point. If you're not subscribed, you're crazy, but I love you. So you got to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Share this video with anybody you may know. And if you listen anywhere in the podcast world, please give us a five-star review so we can keep dropping this content every single week for you guys. And I appreciate you. I'll see you on the other side. Peace.